Hello and welcome to ZG Radio, the only podcast in the world where men come together to talk about video games, anime, and a whole bunch of other nerd stuff. I'm one of your hosts, Craig. Joining with me with their signature phrases are my two colleagues, Zachary. I have no signature phrase. And Taylor. Um, I'm the man with the plan. Wow. Those are some good signature phrases Killing that it. everyone knows you by. Well done. Yep. I feel like you spring these things on us every week in some way, shape, and form. It's true. I like I a little bit of improvisation comedy. Mm. Well, it's, it's, it's good. Um, how are y'all doing today? I'm doing all right. That's good. It's not good. It's been uh, a long day. Long but... day at work, but I'm glad to be here to talk about uh, games and things. I feel that. And before we do that, I just want to say... I went out to lunch today with a coworker. We went to a, a, a conveyor belt sushi place, Ugh. and it was lovely. Um, and I have a very popular opinion. And, I, and if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. But more restaurants should deliver their menu on a conveyor belt. And here's why. When I go to like your Ruby Tuesdays or your Red Robins, I want everything that's on the menu, not just one thing. And whenever like my friends order stuff, I feel like I always want to eat what they have as well as what I have. Um, and so, if there were just little tiny burgers on a conveyor belt that are just mediocre, mind you, a bunch of mediocre food is always better than one good food. Yeah. And I think that's just common knowledge. I just disagree with that on every level. How but, is that possible? I, I don't know, because apparently it's common knowledge. Um, but, you know, that's okay. We're allowed to disagree. There, there's a time and a place for lots of mediocre food, and then there's a time and a place for one awesome meal that's you know manna. So, but what if always. every okay? So let's 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 here's a pitch: no more waiters or waitresses or waitstaff. Every meal just comes on a conveyor belt, even if it's like a good meal. It's just a burger on a conveyor belt. Why are you trying to take jobs away from people, Craig? Because I think robots should run everything. But also, right. imagine going to your Ruby Tuesdays and getting you a burger that comes to you on a conveyor belt. That sounds like a fun time. Anyways. Craig, you have a good point. You know what that makes me think of? Yes. Spider-Man. Oh. So I've been playing <laughs> Spider-Man this past week as we begin talking about the video game portion of our uh, podcast here. Yeah, no. Right, I'm you can catch more conveyor belt opinions on a conveyor belt podcast. Uh, it's every... Continue. That's the it's whole thing. It's not. Uh, that's the bit. Okay. So, Spider-Man. Uh, Insomniac Spider-Man PS4. If you haven't had a chance to play it yet, you are missing out. It is a great game. I came out last week. I I am 85% done with the entirety of the game. Which, again, is a problem. A little bit. Like a small problem. I have some customers that have already planned a bit. How many many hours is that? Um, You know, I haven't really looked into it. Right. Why put a number on the edition? Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it's kind of like League of Legends. Like, I don't like to look at how much money I've spent. I just know it's too much. Right. Um, same thing with Spider-Man. I spent too much time playing Spider-Man, but it's okay. Because I enjoyed it, and uh, it's great. Um, the swinging mechanics, because that's what seem, everybody seems to care about. Correct. Are really solid. Um, of course, I always, everyone always compares it to Spider-Man 2, which had, like, the actual pendulum physics. Mm-hmm. It's not that good. Um, but what is, you know? I'm not going to say that it makes you feel like Spider-Man because that's the most oversaid line referring you, to a Spider-Man game. Uh, thank you, Donkey, for pointing that out. And also IGN for saying it 12 times in one review. review. Just one review. <laughs> yeah, one review. Um, but it is a good game, and the story is well done. It is, as far as I know, an original story. I don't think they pulled it from any comics, although if I had to say it was like a lining 
with any I think it'd be aligning with Ultimate Spider Man. Mm. But um yeah, story's really it's, good. It it's made like me a, feel feel tell me if I'm wrong. It's a continuation of Marvel's Spider Man. So like the uh was it the Tom Holland Spider Man, but like ten years in the future. Uh or I don't something like that. Think so. But there's like Marvel Tower in it. Like there's Avengers Tower. Yeah, the, Avengers the, Tower, I yes. saw, yeah the Avenger Tower and then you also have the um the spider suit that he had in Infinity War with like the oh, and those like uh, Jessica yeah. Jones's detective agency is like you can go visit it. Yeah, but I don't think I think that it's just like taking stuff from the Marvel world. I don't know if it's a continuation of the movie, um, just because like the character looks a lot different for one, and then also like the suit, the Stark suit is in the game, but it's not like your standard suit. Hmm. Um, there's suits from all different like universes. They have the 2099 oh. Spider-Man suit. They have the noir uh, Spider-Man suit. So they're, they're covering a lot of different grounds. Iron Spider. Um, but the story's really good. It made me feel things. It made me sad. It made me happy. It made me laugh. It made me cry. Uh, and that's not me being dramatic. It actually did make me cry at the end. Uh, it's a very good game. Very good story. And if you have picked it up, I definitely recommend it. Um, that's good. I uh, I plan on picking it up. Um, I'm a, Spider-Man's my favorite superhero. Um, I just haven't picked it up now because I've bought and so, purchased so many other games. Um, mm. Yeah. And I feel like Spider-Man is going to be one of those games that's going to be pretty heavily discounted around Black Friday. So I'll probably pick it up then for you know when it inevitably goes to thirty dollars or forty or something. Right. Um, that's a good I'm call. I'm still really looking forward to it. I, I want you to know okay. that we just bonded. You don't know that we bonded, but Spider-Man is also my favorite superhero. So me and you, you guys, best, we just man. had a moment. Just, just now over the he, internet it's a beautiful you know, strong his web swing is pretty much flying and he has you know can dodge things really well with the spider sense and he's just cool and he's witty and funny and yeah good villains you guys should kiss cool his outfit um maybe later i don't know how his wife feel about that um i will avoid spoilers just because i know you guys want to play the game but uh i just want to it, say it, it's, just, it's good practice to avoid spoilers anyways when a game's really new yeah. So you don't want any listeners hearing you like. Oh. I mean, Darth Vader's Luke's father. It's fine. Um, what? <laughs> sorry, man. Um, <clears throat> I was planning okay. on watching that movie this weekend. Um, but I was right. That's all I'm gonna say. When you play, you'll understand. I I had a theory going into playing Spider Man, just because of the way they like advertise the game and the things they said and like press releases. So I had a theory going into the game, and my theory was very much correct. But I'm very excited for the future of Insomniac Spider games because there will definitely be more. That's awesome. And do you, so I know. Okay, so I don't have a PS4, so I will never play Spider-Man, Spider-Man, okay. the Spider-Man game, which is disappointing and sad for me. So I have to live vicariously through you. Uh, yeah. I know that you at times will play as like Mary Jane, or um, maybe you do you play as Yuri. Yeah. No, you do not play as. Yuri. Okay. Okay. So you you play as Miles as Mar- Mary Jane though. Too? Um, you do play as Miles Morales. Um, right. How do you feel about those sections? Because I've, I've heard mixed reviews, uh, but I, for one, love me some bad ladies. Um, it's good. I think that you come into the the catch that you come with. Like, it, it, there just has to be some uh, suspension of disbelief because you're like, mm. is Mary Jane Watson really that stealthy? Because I'm pretty sure I just walked right by that armed security. Um but it's, it's isn't that most any game though with stealth like it's like yeah but i feel like with like if you're playing like metal gear solid you're like you can kind of like convince yourself like yeah like snakes a master of camouflage they just didn't seem to be super sneaky but yeah, i'm like I think it, my, my brain with that is like you know games are designed to make you feel awesome and if yeah. they were hmm. so hyper realistic like in real life somebody would hear you 
you know, in an instant. So there is got to make you feel super good. There is one. I won't go too much into detail like what's going on in the scene, but there is one scene where you are playing as Mary Jane, but Spider-Man is also there. Yeah, there's like a press X to Spider-Man. Yeah, so it was pretty cool oh. to be like, it was pretty cool to like be like, hey, like I'm playing Spider-Man, but I'm actually Mary Jane right now, and like being able to control Spider-Man while still playing as Mary Jane. Um, it was really cool. I enjoyed it a lot, and um, there are definitely challenging moments in the game. I enjoyed that. So, like, a lot of people compare it to Arkham as far as the combat style is concerned. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, the similarities to Arkham, they're there. There's no denying that. Right. But I think two key differences. One is there's no, like, press triangle to win because there's no counter button. Like, you actually have to time things. Mm -hmm. You can't just spam one button to win. But also, like, as a lot of people complained about in, like, Assassin's Creed, early Assassin's Creed anyways, and, um, like, Arkham games, all the villains, like, get around you in, like, a big circle and then they wait and take turns attacking you because they may be criminals that are in in prison for horrible, horrible crimes, but they are polite and they will wait their turn. Yeah. They're criminals um, in a Spider-Man game. They know who that, the star is. Right. But that is not the case in Spider-Man. Oh. If you stay on the ground, they will just like mob on top of you and just keep hitting you. And there are definitely some times where I got caught off guard and like, there was no, there's no frames of invincibility. So I was mm -hmm. just like, I'm dying now because there's too many of them. Um, so the game definitely encourages you to be Spider-Man and jump around and swing around and mm -hmm. use your gadgets. Because if not, combat can get um, a little overwhelming, which is You threw me through a, a nice curveball there. The way you were saying it made it sound like they all wait your turn. And then you're like, psych, no, they all beat you at once. Yeah, you, so, really, yeah, took no, us, you, all, you really took us for a ride there, Zach. You made well, that's, you look like a fool. That's how it is. A damn in, fool. I was saying that's how it was in Batman. And it uh, was like that. Real quick, uh, I think it'd be a good time to transition to another topic. Um, but uh, what, what, what would you say the um, the percentages of like playing as different characters versus as being Spider-Man? Is it like 80% Spider-Man and 20% the other guys? Or is it like way too much? Of the um, no, it's definitely the majority Spider-Man, obviously. Um, I would okay, say cool. you're looking at like 85% Spider-Man. 10% Mary Jane and 5% Miles Morales. Okay. Miles Morales is a very, very minor character. Um, okay, cool. In the I game, mean, well, Not cool that it's a minor character, but... Yeah, in, in, right. in the game, anyway. Miles game. Morales yeah. is yeah. a major character in the Spider-Man universe, but in this game in particular, he, he takes a backseat role, obviously, because Peter Parker's around. Okay. Um, cool. So, yeah. What I, I mean, from the limited, the limited amount that I've watched it, like, A, goes without saying, the game is, is freaking beautiful. Yes. Um, B. Yuri Lowenthal's performance as Spider-Man is like amazing. Like as someone who like appreciates voice acting, which I'm sure we yeah. all do. Um, he, I mean, I'm sure you're aware of this, but they basically recorded every voice line twice. They have an, and they have an exerting Spider-Man voice line and, an, and a, a relaxed Spider-Man voice line. So if he's saying like, "All right, I'm on my way, Yuri," there's a recording of him if you are standing still and saying that, and there's a recording of him of him if you're web swinging and saying that. So he That's sounds awesome. like, I'm on my way, Yuri! Like, and more like, you know, yeah. distressed and winded. Okay. Uh, and they, and they coded that into the game. So like your state as a character, as a player uh, determines what voice lines you get. And it can transition like mid dialogue too. Speaking of transitions and being winded, uh, Luigi's pretty winded when he sees ghosts in that Luigi's Mansion 3 trailer. Wow, what a, what a natural what a segue. segue. Wow, do you want to just... You just want to take that away, then? Sure. Yeah, so that? that Nintendo Direct that was uh, last uh, yesterday, uh, September 13th, um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. They showed a lot of great games, and uh, 
they started off with a bang. The first 30 seconds was Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, a lot of people are hyped for it. I'm hyped for it. Because mm-hmm. um, when they showed, oh, we got Luigi's Mansion port coming, and it's on the 3DS, and everyone's like, oh, awesome. That's sucky. But now that we have a true sequel coming, and you know, it's short, but it, it's looking really promising. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, from the short amount that we saw, it looks a lot like the old Luigi's Mansions. I mean, I'm, I'm hyped as anyone. Luigi's the best character, uh, besides Rosalina. Uh, but, I don't know, it looked the same. I, I, don't, I guess there's, we didn't see enough to make me feel excited about it, though. Oh, yeah, with that pan-out shot at the end, it looks like it's going to be one massive area instead of, like, segmented levels like Dark Moon. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Because, yeah, Luigi's Mansion 1, you had the big mansion, and it was, you know, you had a map, and you, you can, you know, go back and forth between areas, right. but Dark Moon on the 3DS was segmented into, like, smaller areas, and they had levels. I guess that's to do with, you know, the power of a 3DS. You can't really have a big open world, but... Yeah, I, um, was I the only one? I, mean, I probably was not the only one, but I felt like the only one. When I saw Luigi's Mansion 3, and my brain went, there was a Luigi's Mansion 2? Yes, okay. because 2 in the States wasn't called 2. It was Dark Moon. Right. But apparently Dark Moon was called Luigi's Mansion 2 in Europe. Man, if there's I one thing games played... companies know how to do, it's name games and sequels. Mm-hmm. I've never played Luigi's Mansion, um, and uh, I don't actually care too much, if I'm honest. I'm sure it's a great game. Um, I love Luigi as much as the next guy, but uh, apparently not. Yeah, it sounds like you don't like you're a Luigi it hater. Like you don't. You don't well, want to play his well, game. Well, no, and see the thing is, is like, and I almost feel like saying this is going to seem wrong, but the only time I've ever really enjoyed being Luigi is, and I, I know I'm gonna get flack for this, but it's actually in Super Mario Brothers too, because he just jumped higher than everybody else, and I know that's like the meme of like it's Donkey's favorite game. I'm not. It just that he jumps the highest in, in that game, and that's the only time I really chose Luigi. The other time, I was I was playing Mario or a uh, Toad. Boy, you about to Mario catch Kart. these hands. Okay. Have you ever um, played Mario in Super Smash Brothers? Yes. You know how vanilla that experience is. Now come on over to the the chocolate side of Luigi, and okay. just the chaos that is Luigi in Super <laughs> Smash Brothers games. Okay. Well, first of all, the correct character to pick in smash brothers has been and always will be jigglypuff yoshi yeah, well, zero suit samus sorry um, uh, i thought we were all the, uh, sheik. uh <laughs> um actually i love sheik but uh no it's it's fine you're entitled to your incorrect opinion as um, are you uh one more quick thing if you notice in the uh luigi's mansion trailer uh, he used a plunger ability which was in the reveal trailer for Simon belmont in the cg so that was kind of like a little easter egg for interesting you're right reveal. They said he had a new poltergeist for that trailer, and they're like, is this a sign? And it was a sign, so that's good to know. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, I'm excited for new Switch titles. Even if I'm not like excited necessarily for Luigi's Mansion, I support the Switch 100%. It is the console of every year, as we've already decided. And mm-hmm. um, I'm excited to see the catalog grow, and the more success the Switch has, the better, in my opinion, because I am really hoping that they are going to work on making a Switch that could run in 1080. And that'll yeah, be glorious. Uh, Switch Pro would be great. Switch Pro. I think that's a discussion for another day. But speaking of an expanding library, do you want to take it off? Because I think you're the Final Fantasy buff here of all, right. all of the Final Fantasy games. They oh, I thought we were well, going to talk that's... about the expanding library of Super Smash Brothers candidates. Uh, 
champions, uh, heroes of Super Smash Brothers. Uh, we can get to that in a moment, right after Final Fantasy. Well, like. I mean, first let's let's give Craig a chance. Craig, what have you what have you been doing this week, man? Craig, go ahead. Sorry. Ah, this week of games. Um, I myself have picked up a game that is is not new. It's about a year old. Um, but I, when it came out, I knew I would like it. But I knew I needed to be in like the right headspace for it. Um, and that game is Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Have you all mm-hmm. played that game? I- I haven't, and I picked it up on Steam for fifteen bucks. Right, it's on my backlog to play. It was on it was on sale last weekend, so I picked it up just because I mean, it was the right time, and I felt like I finally had could devote time to do it. Um, the game is not long. Looking at my Steam library, I think it took like eight hours to finish it, but I also was like, I remember spent like an hour and a half in the photo mode. I heard it's like <laughs> a five six hour game. Yeah, it, and I was spending yeah. a lot of time looking for secrets and all that stuff. Um, but so it's not a long game. Jeez, is it a really good game. Um, yeah. If you don't know anything about Hellblade, it is it follows the story of Senua, who is um, of, like, Scottish ancestry um, in, like, old-timey Scotland uh, when, like, Vikings and stuff are attacking. And she is going into Helheim, which is the Norse uh, version of Hell, to recover the soul of her lover who has died. Um, and the entire game itself is, is you going into Helheim, but... Senua suffers from really severe psychosis, and because of that, hears um, hears voices like constantly, uh, suffers from hallucinations, uh, sees patterns in the world that are not there, um, and so the game itself kind of puts you in that in that position. Um, they recorded everything with like those biaural ASMR microphones, so you'll have like four or five voices going off in your ears, but it could be really close to your ear they could be really far away and just like whispering and the entire experience the entire game is not like pleasant it is not like a, yeah. a fun time for the fa- whole family um because it's really intense to hear all these voices constantly um second guessing you and telling you what to do and telling you what not to do and all that stuff it's not pleasant um but again the story is so compelling they were clearly so careful and like respectful when making the game to like ex- to express the experience of people with psychosis. They have like a little mini documentary that they show afterward uh, where they talk about how they brought in people who suffer from not suffer, but who experience psychosis um, and how they use their experience and translated that into the mechanics of the game. Um, so like everything from like the puzzle solving to the enemies that you're fighting to like the narration of the game is all very um, close to what it is like to be experiencing psychosis. And I think that's just such an awesome like tribute to representation of mental health and all of that stuff. It, it's beautiful. I've cried about it multiple times since playing the game. Um, the story itself is great. Yeah. I think that's why I didn't end up playing it. Cause I remember reading about it and it being like, Hey, like this is going to like mental health things. And I was like, Hmm, Oh, it's not a rabbit hole that I want to jump down at this moment. Not yeah, that I don't. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm very supportive of healthy mental health. Um, but, you know, I just like, I just hearing your description of the game, my eyes started to water from how overwhelmed that sound. Yeah. No, um, it, so I'm like, uh, I don't know if I can handle that. I might check it out. I might check it out. Let's play. Um, I've heard really great things about it. Um, it's amazing. Um, yeah. And I completely agree with you. If you are not in the right headspace, um, I like, as someone who has also struggled with mental health things, like if I was in a, in a down place, there's no way I could have played, gotten through this game. Um, 
like even like the, in the first opening minutes, you like go past a sign that's like, this features really like severe representations of psychosis and mental health issues. Like if you need help, contact this. Um, have fun. Have fun with this game. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I look really forward to it. I, I like you picked it up on sale and I've been wanting to play it for a long time. Um, and yeah, from what I've heard too, playing it with headphones is the best way to play because of that speaking yeah. aspect of it being close and far versus just, you know, over coming speakers. out of your speakers. Oh, absolutely. Um, so. Definitely play with headphones. I will say, um, I, I will say that the, the, I wish there was more enemy diversity. Um, it felt like after the first couple hours, I had fought all the basic mobs. Um, like the bosses were all unique and fun to fight. Uh, but the basic mobs, they basically, how they ramp the difficulty is just throw more of them at you. Um, and the combat is, I don't want to say like Dark Souls, because again, that's a meme, but it is, you have to be careful of other creatures' attack patterns. You need to dodge at the right time, attack at the right time, and all that stuff. And, and you can't take up very many hits. Um, but I wouldn't say the combat's hard either. So again, like Dark Souls, but not that difficult. Cool. Um, it was great. Go cry about it. I, uh, I probably won't because I don't connect to games that easily. But well, lucky <laughs> you. Know. Speaking Must of, be uh, nice to just play video of, games and enjoy them. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a great feeling. Um, just games are a good feeling, man. Yeah, um, well, you know, I mean, as we talked about a little bit last time we recorded, mm-hmm. not that that podcast was the time of day. That podcast I doesn't exist. Do get pretty emotional when I play games and. Uh, Last time I told a story, and I'm not gonna bore you guys with the same story, but Final Fantasy is a game that I cried about when I was a youth. Um, all of them, really, but mm-hmm. in particular Final Fantasy. So are you ready 4. to cry all over again? Yeah, well, and that's what I was gonna talk about. I mean, we just got in our Nintendo Direct. We have a bunch of uh, Final Fantasy games coming to the Switch, and I am excited. I'm a little reserved. Um, as much as I love the Switch, there have been those ports that have performance issues. And I would like to believe that they're going to do the Final Fantasy games justice. But we've seen some pretty bad Final Fantasy ports uh, to strong systems like computers. <laughs> like so, computers. Like that. I'm concerned. Yes. So, are um, you um, aware of all of the ones being ported? Do you want me to listen to you? Um, I think I got a list in front of me here. Um, I am seeing we've got Crystal Chronicles is coming, which I am excited for. Um, and then we also have 12 The Zodiac Age. Um, 9, 10, and 10, 2. I'm aware that 7 is also on that list, but that game isn't yes. ever worth talking about and because it's the worst pocket one. edition. Uh, yeah, but I don't know if and I consider that a port. Um, just Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, game. everybody. And also War or World of Final Fantasy. It's like a weird little chibi one. Yeah, well, and that's why I don't consider a 15 a port because it's like the pocket edition is like a chi- they're replacing it with chibis and it's like very streamlined gameplay. Um mm. So, I mean, I don't really have much to say on those just because they're, it's a different thing. I don't know how I feel about them streamlining a game even more than it's already streamlined. Um, I am very excited for Final Fantasy IX. Final Fantasy IX is by far my favorite Final Fantasy. I will acknowledge that, that it's not the best Final Fantasy. Cause the, is that the one with Kefka in it, or is that... Oh, uh, no, that is the best Final Fantasy. The best Final Fantasy is Final Fantasy VI, and that is oh, that's six that has it. Okay. with Kefka. Um, releases three in the States until much later. Um... But yeah, Final Fantasy IX is my favorite. That is the one with Zidane uh, and all that wonderful, wonderful stuff. Kuja is the main villain for most of it until you realize he's not because Final Fantasy. <clears throat> um, 
Do you feel like, is this an opportunity for introducing like a new generation of people to the Final Fantasy games? Or do you think this is mostly just like a, here Final Fantasy fans, come buy this again? Like is this, like I mean, am I, I a person who's never played I, a Final Fantasy game? I think it's more or less that, because uh, these are also all coming to Xbox One as well. It was, wasn't a Switch Direct, but more or less what this this same bundle of all of these games are also coming to Xbox. I think more or less what? I think it's like it's the cash grab. As much. Oh, sorry, it's the cash grab of just hey, let's put it on another console kind of thing. I don't mm. think it's necessarily because if it was to get a new audience, I also think they would have ported like the initial first six as well. Well, I think what you're gonna you're gonna end up with is um, you're gonna end up with people that have never played the other Final Fantasy games that played 15 and that liked 15 that are going to go pick up these new Final Fantasy games and then be sorely disappointed because they are not at all the same thing. Um, it's also interesting to me that they're even considering porting Final Fantasy 7 when they're supposed to be remaking Final Fantasy 7 right now. Um, yeah. Which, again, I there are very few things in this world that I care about less than Final Fantasy 7. Uh so they could just not port it they could just not remake it and uh i understand that's an unpopular opinion but it's just not a good game the only good thing that came from Final Fantasy 7 is the materia system and honestly eh. so yeah speaking i think that of uh things... go ahead sorry no I, I think that i mean i'm excited for them to come out um i will probably get the nine port and play through it um just because I haven't played through Nine in a long time, and the PC port wasn't great, um, so I've been kind of waiting for uh, a port that works out better um, rather than trying to find an old PlayStation One to play it on. I did have someone trade it in the other day, so I work at GameStop. For those of you who don't know, um, power to the players. Yeah, and uh, do you have a pro membership? Or <laughs> I do. I know there's a lot of hate that GameStop gets. Especially oh no, they're like, great. Um, and I don't speak as an official representative of the company, but it's it's not the case. I, I don't know. At my GameStop, like, everyone I know there that works there, like, they will tell someone straight up, like, hey, this game isn't good. You shouldn't buy it. So, for me, that's, like, that's how a game store should be. Um, I did that when I worked at Toys R Us season yeah. two years back. So. Um, but, yeah, so... That was even worse. I had someone trade in Final Fantasy IX the other day. I was just going to trade in Final Fantasy VII, and I was like, hmm, I haven't seen this in a very long time. Like the full, like the old double decker CD case that has all four discs. Oh, I was like, wow, nice. that's. Uh, what is that worth in trade in? Is that like six cents or? Uh, no, so like, I think that one. I think Final Fantasy VII was ten bucks. Um, so GameStop sells all that stuff now. Like you can go on their website and buy like retro games. Like you could buy, mm-hmm. like I have had surprisingly enough. And every time, every time I see this, I'm like, don't do what you're doing right now. This is a horrible idea. But I've had three people come in and trade um, Smash Brothers Melee. Oh, jeez. And I'm like, just sell it anywhere else. Like, it's a $60 game. Anywhere money. else. Like, yeah, so GameStop sells it for $60. Um, we take it for about 15 I think. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so I've seen people trade in the Final Fantasies, and that's kind of got my, like, oh, I was like, oh, maybe I'll try to find a little PS1 and buy this. But knowing that it's coming to the Switch now... Um, it will be something I will definitely. I mean, it seems like a great opportunity out. just to play it handheld. Yeah, yeah. Which is just the Switch's whole thing. Um, can, I tell, can I tell a story that's tangentially related to GameStop? Yes. Um, I went into GameStop the other day, and okay. I went to the Switch section because I wanted to pick up a Switch game uh, because Switch is everything. Um, and there was a child. There was a parent and, and um, their child 
and the child is pulling cases off the shelves, opening them, and just taking out the cover of each game and just putting them on the ground. And I've never, mm-hmm. and I, when I, as I approached the situation, the parent looked up to me, and I've never seen someone look so sad and tired as this parent who clearly, this is not the first time they've taken this child somewhere and they've just been a disaster. And that's the whole story. I just, I, I really felt for that parent in that moment. Yeah. But also the that's poor pretty employees. pretty terrible. Who just had yeah. to watch to say, from far away. I feel for the employee who had to deal with the aftermath. Oh, absolutely. But, but also <laughs> I mean, the parent honestly, who just, it, just was trying to have a good day. Just wanted to come get some games. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Interesting crowds coming to GameStop. I've definitely interacted with some wonderful people and some people that confuse me to my core. I'm sure. Um, but yeah. Taylor, Taylor, what kind of games have you been playing this week? Um, I've been playing. I picked up a great indie game that was released back on the 360 years ago. Mm-hmm. I forget what year. As uh, Dust and Elysian Tale. I know looking at it it's super like all the characters it's very furry but it's not sexualized furry like weird so I mean you you lost me I guess the character (laughs) designs no it's because the main character is like a fox and you have an annoying little flying oh no you lost him when you said it wasn't sexy furry yeah oh okay yeah (laughs) I was really Um, really into it until then it's a really good uh, it's a beautiful game really good art style I think oh it's an Elysian tale like T-A-I-L yes so that's the upsetting. Game is, is it? Sorry. I wouldn't really call it Metroid. It kind of is Metroidvania in a way, but not really because you can go back to areas and explore old areas. But it is a little more linear. There's light RPG elements with like some, you know, you got some side quests and you can level up your health and upgrade and craft different um, items and um, power ups and different, you know, whatever. So I can't, my brain can't think right now. It's a, it's a good game. Um, and it's pretty decent length. Um, hold on, like hold one, on. It was made by one guy. Hold on one second. What? You said, I pulled this up on just Google. Um, this main character, she got boobs. And she's a uh, fox. It's a small one. No, people only know about this game because of the Rule 34 of Fidget. I think uh, he was going back to the... Anyhow. Uh, let's not go back to that. I say, if you... <laughs> no, I'm just saying, that. like, this is a furry game. You, it, it's it is exactly what you said it is not but it's not dude trust me it's not sexual in any way it's a really good game the combat's really good got lots of combos foxes don't have Uh, boobs taylor i don't if i don't know how many times we've had to tell you this hashtag foxes don't have boobs um but anyways let me okay i'll just you know what play the game it's good i'm not like that i swear and no judgment Um, to people who are i just think you shouldn't lie to people I'm not lying. Be who you are, Taylor. Um, okay. It's a good game. Anyways, I've also <laughs> been playing. I picked up on Steam a while ago um, for super cheap. I picked up Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein, Old Blood, and Wolfenstein 2. Mm-hmm. Um, all under 30 bucks. For nice. Um, so I've been playing through the first one. It's pretty good. Um, just your run-in-the-mill, solid, you know, Nazi shooting game. Right. Um, and then my birthday was like a week ago, nine days ago on the fifth mm-hmm. so i got a lot of money and got a lot of eShop credit so i bought a bunch of stuff um dust being one some party games like keep talking and nobody explodes which that's is a great, great game switch because the portability of it yeah oh, um, oh my gosh i hadn't thought about that that's amazing uh drawful 2 does is, um 
a Jackbox game that's not part of the packs, but it was on sale, so I picked that up. Oh, what were you going to say? Uh, does Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes have motion controls for the Switch? Uh, no. Okay, so you're, you're still... Okay, that makes sense. You're, you're still controlling it with, like, Joy-Con or a controller. Gotcha. And, and you move it around. Um, yeah, um, some of those. And then I pre-ordered and picked up Super Paper Mario... Oh, no, sorry, Super Mario Party is available on the eShop. And if you do pre-order the eShop version, you will get double the gold coins. So oh, cool. you'll get like 10% back essentially. So you get $3 now and then like another $3 when it uh, comes out. Awesome. I played a little bit of that at PAX uh, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago? Dang, that's crazy. Um, if you wanted to play Super Smash Brothers, you had to play like an intro to Super Mario <laughs> Party. Uh, it was just part of the line, essentially. So it's, funny. it's pretty funny. Because um, you have a bunch of people <laughs> getting in line from Super Smash Brothers. Game. And it's like, what is this? This is uh, not a fighting game. Um, one, one, one more game I, I, I picked that. up and played and beat oh. was uh, Hyper Light Drifter Special Edition. Oh, nice. Um, it, it was it was fine. It was like seven and a half hours. I didn't. It, the music was nice and ominous. It was cool. Um, okay. Not my favorite game, but it wasn't bad. And then I, I feel beat like a few weeks ago, and we'll have a, a review up soon. The Messenger. Uh, everybody needs to get that game. It is so good. I cannot recommend it enough. It is. It is one of my favorite indie games I've ever played. Yeah. Um, so I just nice. wanna say, yeah, that's what I've been playing. I just want to say real quick that uh, earlier we talked about how unhealthy it is that I finished so much of Spider-Man. Taylor's played like eight games this week. So we should judge him. Yeah, but Zach, you've played one game for 90 hours I have in a week that does not have 90 hours in it. Right now. This is over the course of a few weeks. Though. You're over the course mm. of a few weeks. No. Okay. I mean, here's the thing. My work is horrible and i have so much downtime literally i think in the past two days i've played four and a half hours of dust and it's all been at work so oh, you're right. getting your furry so, you're you're enjoying so furry time at work so if you're taylor's just to clarify if you're taylor's employer <laughs> yeah. i hope you're not listening to this podcast um can i can i talk about an anime um you know what in a minute I would you think. can talk about an anime Speaking i'm talking about an anime now isabel is a fighter on smash oh my gosh it's like you don't want me to have fun <laughs> sorry um well everyone's talking about how how obsessed they are with isabel i'm a little concerned with those fans isabel is a goddess a little too cute hmm. isabel is a perfect goddess who is just overworked and not to and just and not appreciated for what she is so the fact that she's getting a break and getting into the super smash brothers universe is a blessing a reward that we all get to benefit from hey you notice how in the trailer she doesn't KO anybody, and she doesn't take any damage from anyone. Yeah, because you're not allowed to hurt Isabel because this is her one big break. Yeah, it okay. makes sense. It, it, awesome. So, Craig, what anime are you going to talk about, bud? Uh, play. I'm an Isabel main now. Uh, you can just oh. refer to me as Isabel Main 420. Okay. So, what should I tell Lux? Because she's going <gasps> to be pretty hurt. Oh no! Uh, don't tell Lux anything. Uh, uh, never mind. Um, I've been watching an anime again for the second time um, because I wanted to and because it's very good. And let me preface this by saying I don't enjoy fan service in anime. It's just not for me. Um, don't play Xenoblade Chronicles 2. That's all it is. I understand. I, and I get it. It has its place. It has its audience. It's not for me. Um, but the anime that I've been watching this week <laughs> is just a fan service anime. Um, it is Kaijo. Uh, which is wonderful. If you don't know anything about kaijo, um, it is about a fictional sport called kaijo, oh, uh, where women. Sorry. No, it is. I thought. I, I thought it might. I was be. just so, so I was making a joke. Kaiju. 
I thought it might be. I knew that. Um, so it's kaijo. So this is the sport is it's basically like sumo <laughs> wrestling, uh, but Sorry. women will fight each other to get knock each other out of the ring um, using their boobs and butts. And again, I'm not a fan service person. This is a fan service anime. I think the objectification of women is a bad thing and should not be encouraged. However, I think also women have the right to, to do with their own bodies what they will. Um, this show is problematic. I acknowledge that. I also will say I freaking love it because the writing is so I, good. Like, I knew it. I, I need you to know that I knew it. As soon as you said I'm watching it again and it's a fan service anime, I was like, oh, no, it's the butt anime. It's the butt anime. But listen, <laughs> I it's knew so it. I've been good. this moment. Okay. Again, has problems. I will acknowledge that. However, every single character in this show is a like a dynamic woman with their own motivations. Um, it's not like I think a lot of fan service in anime becomes very, uh, for lack of a better word, rapey. Um, in that, like the protagonist will stumble upon a woman changing and just like stare at them, or like will fall on them and touch their boobs, and that just like isn't what Kaijo does. Like every woman is in control of their own body. Um, there is a character who is like overtly sexual to everyone. Um, I also should point out there's like two male characters in the entire series. Um, so they're just kept around for, they're just kept around. <laughs> they're for breeding purposes. No, but they're like the, the show focuses on all these women with different body types and different like, uh, motivations and all that stuff. And it's just such, it's such a good show that also manages to be stupid and funny and tongue in cheek which is maybe an innuendo, um, depending on how you look at it. But it's so good. So if you feel like you can handle a fan service anime without just losing your gosh darn mind, check out Kaijo because it's a blast. Um, and I will say the best joke of any anime ever um, is when one of the rival schools, um, one of their women on the team is like, um, is like a heavier person. And her special move is called buttack on titan okay and uh, that's the best joke in anime right, that's it so i've told it. it you don't have to look anywhere else that is the right. best joke speaking of the best joke on anime uh katamari damase re-roll it's not a segue you're just you're saying speaking of and then you're <laughs> yeah, going okay. you're talking about a different Taylor, thing calm down with your that is not a segue to to. yeah uh, we're, you, know? you gonna hold on i'm talking about anime still um, yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about releases in nintendo direct after the break um, so, if we're going to talk about animes that we've enjoyed, that we probably shouldn't have, that are a little weird, um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about, no matter how I look at it, it's your fault, I'm not popular, I think that's the full name of it, it's a very long name, and uh, it is an anime that I actually have started watching again recently, it is one season, and it is the most awkward thing that I've ever seen in my entire life, um, and I love every minute of it, it is about a teenage girl i guess mm -hmm. she's starting high school so yeah teenage girl um who is just the most awkward shy person ever yes but in her head she's super awesome she's like also and, the most confident person in yeah. the world so like to give you an example like there's there's a scene um where she is leaving school and her teacher says bye to her. Just normal, you know, bye, student. And what we see is her shut down. She gets really, really quiet, like, it starts looking at all panicked, and then just, like, mutters out in the quietest of voices, you know, goodbye. 
and then like runs away. And as she's running away, like in her head, she's like, I killed that conversation. <laughs> I'm the greatest. Um, and it's just really entertaining. Uh, she's also incredibly sexually frustrated. Um, there is a, is she, correct me if I'm wrong. Cause there's a lot of like otaku anime out right yeah. now. Is she the one who's like obsessed with dating simulators? Yeah, and like okay. she meets one of the voice actors from the dating simulator. Oh and no! Like, oh no! Say, like so, there's a it's it's bad. There's like a chance to meet one of these voice actors, and she like goes to the event so she can meet him, and everybody's like having him say like "I love you" or like she's like these really cheesy lines. Mm-hmm. She has him say something that is like, "I can't repeat it." Oh no! Um, it's real sexual, like real sexual, and like yeah, it's. It's really awkward because the guy gets like really uncomfortable. Then he just, he just does it, and it's just like, all right, that's that's the thing that happened. Um, so I don't. Again, I'm not the kind of person to watch that kind of anime typically. Um, but my I was staying with a friend at the time, and he pulled me in because if you watch the intro, like the intro music and everything, you would not think like, oh, I'm about to watch a slice of life anime about an otaku mm-hmm. who's like super awkward. Um, because the music's really intense and good, and then the anime is something else that is also really good and just check it out um can i say that years ago when i was a a weeb babe i had not been introduced to the world of anime um other than like pokemon and spirited away and all that stuff Uh, i had a very bad fever and i was staying with zachary and zachary was like hey you should like you should watch anime with me and he proceeded to show me this show and Fooly Cooly while I, while I had a fever. And if you haven't seen either of these shows, they're the worst possible introduction to anime you could imagine. I mean, Fooly Cooly, one could argue that the entire thing is a fever dream. So it That's feels appropriate. fair. I, to this day, I haven't watched Fooly Cooly again, um, except for like in bits and pieces. And like... I still think half of my memory of that show is because of my fever, but I can't be sure. Yeah. No, it's not. It's. Uh, uh, all right. Just like um, the worst. Po- Anyways, any other games is... and stuff or things we've been enjoying this week? Uh, nope. Nothing other than I've said everything I've enjoyed. Nice. All right. Um, oh, I've been playing more Dead Cells, which I know we talked about last week, but. That's fine. Um, that podcast doesn't exist. But it is, it is, I love me some roguelites, but they can be frustrating, as we talked about last week. Um, getting like 30 to 40 minutes invested into one single run, um, it can be very frustrating when you die at the final level. Um, that being said, playing Dead Cells on the Switch is such a rewarding experience because like, I was taking the bus to PAX. Um, so I was, I was taking the bus into, into downtown Seattle to work at PAX because uh, I had to for my job. And... I would usually, like, by the time I got there, I'd be finished with my run. And then by, on my bus ride back, I'd, I'd have time for one run. And it was perfect. And I, I'll, I'll be re- getting ready for bed, and I'll play, I'll play one run of Dead Cells. And it's just so, like, it's such a well-designed game in its, like, mobility, the weapons. It always feels like every run feels pretty fresh. Um, and I, for me, at least, in the way that I'm playing it, not kind of spending hours and hours and hours playing it, it's just, like, perfect. Like, it, it's perfect for exactly what I wanted it for, which is just, like, a pick-up, put-down roguelite. Nice. Uh, it's something I want to check out. I'm still, like, 
trying to dive into Hollow Knight and finish the new content. Mm. Um, which honestly, with how hard some of the boss challenges are, I don't know if I will. It's uh, hard and frustrating, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we got anything else to talk about, I think this is probably a good time to take a quick break and uh, come back and talk about upcoming releases and things that we're excited for. Absolutely. So hit pause and go get a drink or something. Drink some water. Take care of your body. Hello and welcome back to ZG Radio. Hey, you. Yeah, you listening to this podcast. You've made it this far, which means you're either my mom, in which case, hi mom, or you like video games and anime and nerd stuff. Why don't you head on over to zeitgeeks.com, that is Z-E-I-T hyphen geeks.com, or you can see us on Twitter at zeitgeeks, no hyphen, um, or our YouTube channel with the zeitgeeks with the hyphen. There we put out a bunch of content about video games we've been playing, anime we've been, we've been enjoying, and just a whole bunch of stuff, and we would really appreciate any support you can offer us uh, we also have a Patreon, a subtle plug. Uh, so if you want to support us financially, that's cool too. Um, but if you don't, we're not cops. We're not going to blame you. But we would love to see, you know, you go over to our website, our YouTube channel, our Twitter, and let us know how we're doing. Um, that's Zeitgeeks with a hyphen in the middle. Thank you. And welcome back to ZG Radio, the only podcast in the world that is run by just just a bunch of raccoons. Just so many, so many <laughs> raccoons. Um, welcome back. This is the section of the podcast where, we're t- where we will talk about news as well as releases uh, that we are excited about coming up. Um, I have a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a while just because it, 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 just, it just grinds my gears. Um, and that is, well, this part doesn't grind my gears, but Belgium recently uh, mandated or decided in the court of law there that uh, loot crates are officially gambling. Uh, so loot crates like um, Overwatch loot crate system was taken out of Overwatch, and they're having to like rebalance the entire like grind of Overwatch there um, to kind of, I guess, compensate for that. Uh, but some companies, uh, in an effort, I assume, to just make every ounce of money possible, uh, I might have a slight opinion on this, um, have decided to fight back against Belgium. Uh, both EA and Take Two, which uh, do does um, like the two K games, um, have both demonstrably fought back against the decision uh, by Belgium. 2K going as far to say as like asking their fans to be complicit in their own oppression. I mean, asking their fans to talk to the Belgium government and uh, <laughs> request that that be lifted. What do you all think about this? Because I have an opinion that I think is very nuanced and hard to read from how I'm talking about this. But what is y'all's opinion? Um, uh, that was beautiful. You, you guys harmonized you wonderfully. Uh, um, I I played Overwatch and I have been vocal. I think to you and many others in the past. I don't mm-hmm. like the over uh, Overwatch loot box system. Um, I don't think it particularly matters too much, just because you know it's just cosmetic it's items. Cosmetic. Who actually Absolutely. cares? Um, I think it's a stretch to say it's gambling, but at the same time, I think it's a really easy fix. Um, you know, as much flack as the game gets, um, and as much as people talk about it, you know, the issues the game has, I think that the the system they have in League of Legends is damn near perfect when it comes to microtransactions for cosmetic, you know, cosmetic items. Um, 
everything in the game you can just pretty much buy <laughs> there's not you know there's i think there are a couple skins that it's a micro dlc well yeah i mean I, th- I think there's a couple skins that you have to get like a certain item out of the boxes to get but you can't buy well i guess you can buy the loot boxes um but you get the loot boxes very very quickly like i have 20 right now just not opened um but the majority of the content of the game the skins anything that you want you can just actually pay for mm-hmm. and i think that's how overwatch should do it i think that's how any other game is going to do cosmetic loot boxes could because i mean i'll be honest there are a lot of really awesome skins in uh, overwatch and then there's even more terrible ones that i do not yes. care about and voice lines and, and sprays and yeah stupid things it, and like i just want to be able to like if oh i really like that skin let me buy that skin yeah um well, and i think that if they had that feature it, it wouldn't it well, takes it even farther away from gambling, and I think they'd be ha- they'd be hard pressed to say it's gambling. Well, then it wouldn't. Your items, right? Well, okay. Um, actually, I, I have I have things to unpack there, but uh, go ahead, Taylor. Okay, so my thought on it is it, it's a tough situation because going to school for business, I totally get why EA and Two K want it because it makes so much money. It's stupid how much money microtransaction makes. So I get why they want to keep it, but at the same time, it's super anti-consumer. Um, and I think a lot of the times the odds they have at getting things is way too low. Um, I like what Overwatch did here last year where they kind of changed the roles and your odds of getting duplicates and they made it like your, so you can get new items more frequently, which was a positive, but I think if they just transition to more like, as you said with League of Legends, more like micro dlc to where you can kind of like just purchase what you want instead of it having it be like a luck of the draw in a loot box or a booster pack or whatever it is um that might be better because i know a game like overwatch has been around for years and if you want to consistently put out free content they're gonna have to be getting a revenue source in some way um otherwise they're gonna have to charge for like dlc packs or things like that um but I'm not a. I, I don't really fall into microtransactions. I, I think I've purchased them like maybe one time, but um, yeah, that's just my thought on it. I don't. I would prefer to not have them in a perfect world, but I think they're never gonna go away, and there's definitely better ways to implement it. Thanks for sharing. Um, I have a few opinions that I'd like to express, um, but they're kind of. It's kind of two pronged, I guess. Um, and sorry, I just hit my mic. So apologies, whoever's editing this. It's me. Oh, cool. Um, so. I think loot boxes are gambling. Uh, I think when you walk up to a, to a slot machine, you put in a fixed amount of money for variable payoff, right? And especially um, when it comes to like voice lines and recolors of skins and sprays, there's a good chance that whatever I put into this, I'm not going to get the same value in return. Um, you can also make the argument that skins are not valuable there's nothing like i can't trade you my really cool zarya skin um that's why i think it's, it's kind of dis- different from booster packs um, if i get a really c- good card in a booster pack that's awesome i can keep it and add it to my deck or i can sell it online <laughs> like I, there's an economy for me to like benefit from this so I, I don't think that's gambling as much as i put this into i put a coin into this slot and get a skin that i will never use on an account that i cannot trade and it, it, it's gambling to me. And the fact that that's, the reality that's is 2K um, 2K games, EA, Overwatch, they all know what they're doing. They can manipulate the RNG. It's not, They're not like victims in this scenario at all. They can manipulate how often good things drop, how often bad things drop. They see all the numbers um, that we cannot see. 
So right. really, they can say whatever they want. They can do whatever they want behind the scenes as well. Um, I th- like, yeah, rarity in a game is completely subject to what the developer wants it to be. They can go back into the code and change the the, the draw rate by uh, you know pressing three buttons and change it, and all of a sudden that rare item is a common. Exactly. So it's like, and I do not like Overwatch's skin purchasing system, but I don't think it's predatory. 2K no, game or so 2K either. games and um, EA's games are absolutely predatory. Um, those oh, are full priced games where you are paying a $60, $70 price for a game where if you want to be competitive online, you have to spend more money. Look at like the uh, what, what FIFA, that soccer game that everyone loves. Yeah. Like if you want to do well in like their probe team or whatever, it's like fantasy team thing, you have to spend money. And so it becomes a playground for people who are willing to be whales and just give EA all of their money on top of a game that they've already paid for. You've already paid full price for this. Now EA is going back in and saying, you need to pay more money to do to be successful. Not to mention they probably got the $120 special bundle. Edition. Oh, absolutely. Special bundles, gold editions, all of that stuff is predatory. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like, I was looking mm-hmm. at screenshots of like the, two, the new 2K basketball game. You can't like leave the game uh, and, and Jim 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 Sterling did a really good video on it. I recommend you go checking it out. Um, but you can't leave the game without seeing. Hey, you should buy some money. Like you can buy these microtransactions. This is a free to play um, economy in this full priced game, and it's all pay to win, and it's all predatory, and it just it feeds into addicts who are willing to be have a gambling problem in order to win a stupid video game. It doesn't even matter. And I could go on about this forever and be mad about it. And so I'm sorry. No, I agree. It's either I that or grind for 500 hours online to get enough currency that's, to not And that's money. what yeah. blows my mind is because EA and 2K have gone on record and said, well, you know, we're, we can remove the loot boxes, but it's going to make the grind a little bit worse. Like, it's like the grind is already bad. The grind <laughs> is your game. Your game is not fun. <laughs> Players want to spend money to bypass your game. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I would say that in situations like 2K and EA, that you have predatory business practices. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that, like, Deluxe Edition and Gold Editions fall under that. I think that... That's fair. Um, I think I just got wrapped up like, in my own emotions. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's fine. Um, I think that, like, I wouldn't say... Over, like, I would agree Overwatch isn't predatory. I would... I guess I would agree that, you know, with that explanation, it is considered gambling. Um but I'm kind of okay with that. I just, I guess I'm not okay with the, the aspect of forced gambling. Yeah. Um, and like I said, with League of Legends, if there's a skin that I want, I just buy it. Um, I think they have like the hex check crafting skins that you have to get the gemstones for, mm-hmm. but there's like five of those and they're not, and they're bad. not that good. Like, all, like they're, and, and they're and okay. The but you, like, you, gotta, you gotta have something that's like, you feel good for. Oh having. yeah. Every time I take I'm my hex deck, any skin in, I am flexing. This is awesome. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So, no, that's just the saying. Like you gotta, you gotta, you find that balance between having some items that are really rare, just so yeah, when you do earn it, it's really a sign of achievement. Like this guy's good. He's got versus this guy spent a thousand dollars on this game. That's why he has all. Right. Well, and that's and that's the funny thing yeah. to me is of like, it's odd to me that people haven't emulated Riot's system more mm. because you know you want to talk about making money off a free to play game. Like, Riot is one of the most successful game companies in the world. They have one game, and all of their money is through microtransactions. If you're new to the ZG family, 
That is Zach's biggest gripe about the game industry as a whole, is that it's called Riot Games and not Riot Game. It's it's true. Um, doesn't make sense to me. They're working on it, though. Um, but yeah, no, it's, you know, their system is, as far as free-to-play, microtransaction, cosmetic things that go, it's, it's damn near perfect. And but here's why I don't know why Overwatch doesn't emulate it, I, because it's... Can I tell you the answer? Yeah. It's because... It, League of Legends makes untold amounts of money every year from their business model. But they don't make all of the money. And that's what EA oh. and 2K and I, I to a degree all Blizzard. Um, I again I don't I don't have a biggest a big problem with Blizzard's. You things. know what they should consider doing then? What's that? They should consider making games that don't suck. Hey, uh, that's a great way to end the segment. <laughs> um, thank you and thank you for putting up with my like tirade. It just it no. it it just makes me sick that AAA companies get away with um, being predatory towards people who have gambling problems. I oh, know it's it's. A and I think all of us, because we play so many games, we all have addictive personalities. Like, yeah. we might not spend a lot of money on microtransactions, but Zach, I don't know if you heard from this first part of the game. Zach spent ninety hours on a game in two days. That's not. That's true. not even it's physically not. possible. Which might wow. you, which might make you think that Craig is being slightly exaggerated. Um, but speaking of people exaggerating things, um, let's talk about Spider-Man again. <laughs> but See, let's talk about... The t- pause. Taylor, that was a great segue. <laughs> Do you notice that he didn't say, about... and speaking of that, here's a new topic. Um, so Taylor, I, I love you and you're um, great, and I'm sorry that I'm ripping on you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Okay, so a couple weeks before Spider-Man came out, maybe a couple days, I don't know, um, some people posted some screenshots and they were up in arms over what Puddle I think the internet is now calling Puddlegate. Yes. Um, and since she was <laughs> I didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah. <laughs> any, any controversy, just add gate at the end, yeah. and it's what it is. Sorry, I was taking so what a you drink. Have... And... <laughs> say so what say it one more time. Here. Say it one more time. Puddlegate. Um, <laughs> Puddlegate. <laughs> you have this situation where uh, somebody compared a screenshot from an early trailer of Spider-Man to a later trailer of Spider-Man. Same scene. Um... However, one seemed more detailed than the other. And one had a large puddle on the floor. And then the, the later one, the puddle was removed and everything seemed dimmer and less vibrant. And the developers responded like, look, we, we, we got rid of some of the puddle um, just because it didn't really make sense for where the building's located. And uh, we uh, moved the light source so it's not as bright. It, it was that simple. But it became this huge huge issue people saying you know they downgraded them some people even took to comparing them to watchdogs which insomniac rightfully so took very seriously because for all of you who remember watchdogs watchdogs preliminary showing it was a game from the future <laughs> uh every watch every ubisoft game they did that with watchdogs right. they did it with the division they did it with um, you know i think assassin's creed mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. all sorts of games and i'm not saying that i support that um, I should say, uh, Spider-Man is beautiful. Even not, like, just in 1080p. The game not is... on a PS4 Pro? Do you play it on a base? Yeah, it's played on a base. Okay. Base PS4, 1080p TV. The game is gorgeous. Um, but I understand people's, like, hesitancy and the frustration. But I think that people need to just kind of relax and understand that, like, there's a lot of things that go into game development. And, I mean, there, there are games that have been shit on because of graphical downgrades. I mean, it's it's funny to think of it now because everyone talks about the game so highly, but the same thing happened with The Witcher 3. 
Mm. And a bunch of people pissed off because apparently Witcher 3 was downgraded. Anyone who plays Witcher 3, the last thing they're thinking is, man, this game doesn't look gorgeous because the game is beautiful. Absolutely. But in an early trailer, there was some details that they felt were missing. And they were. Um, games change in development, guys. Like, they just do. And No, it, they don't. It's the same from beginning to end. And to, to, yeah, and to have that expectation, um, one, you just you just need to calm down because it's not realistic. I mean, go back and watch the original like Fable demos. That game was gorgeous. Um, it just doesn't it just doesn't have the same thing. And now you have game companies that are like, I mean, it was almost annoying. I don't know if you had a chance to watch the uh, forty five minute gameplay that they did of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, which is the same studio that made The Witcher, but across the entire thing, the top of the screen for the entire forty five minute video. It's a little thing. It's like, hey, just so you know, this is a game demonstration and it's subject to change because we're still developing the game and things change and they change for a reason. Please don't hate us. It's like, that just shouldn't be a thing that's necessary. Right. Like, games are allowed to have development cycles and they're allowed to change little things. And, like, if it starts looking like this 4K masterpiece and it comes out looking like Minecraft, yeah, there's an issue. Um, right. But a, puddle, but a puddle moving and, like, a light source moving... And the amount of heat that Insomniac was getting was unwarranted. And what it leads to is, you know, I was I was disappointed because at E3, I was really hoping to see some of Cyberpunk mm-hmm. 2077, and I didn't. And they did everything behind closed doors, and it wasn't open. And the reason it wasn't open was for this exact thing. Because CG Project Red had this huge controversy when they first released The Witcher 3 trailers and the big changes Mm -hmm. and if game studios are afraid to show their product off because it's not exactly how the game's going to look even the game's not coming out for another year or two that's a problem because if that's the case we're never going to see Elder Scrolls 6 ever and that is my only goal of life I think from what we've seen just the gaming fan base is so rabid all the time Mm -hmm. and it gets ridiculous it seems like everyone just gets on like these entitled high horses day in and day out and you guys is like it's like i love games it's like literally a majority of what i do but even i still understand it's just a game yeah and that it's not worth you know committing you know seppuku on yourself because the graphics were downgraded it's just like you got those people with the Nintendo Directs too. It's like it's amazing, and then they're like, "Oh, there was no Metroid in it. Nintendo sucks. You're dumb." Right. So it's like, dude, just wait. It'll get announced like sooner or later. Just slow your roll. Well, for, it's also it's also <laughs> worth mentioning that like these people work really hard, and like especially oh, when you're yeah. coming to like the graphical quality of the game, mm-hmm. like you wouldn't go to like an artist and be like, look at their like first painting, and be like, "Oh, this is really great," and then see their second painting, and then be like. Oh, this is shit. You're a terrible artist. You should die. Right to their that's face. Horrible. That's a horrible thing to say. Ugh. Like it's just different. And like these are graphic designers. These are people that are, are artists that are designing these games, designing these characters, and like editing all these things. And there's a lot of things to take into consideration. Yeah. Um, and it pisses me off because I just want to see games. I don't. I honestly, I can play a game that looks like absolute ass. As long as the mm-hmm. game is fun, it doesn't, That's doesn't bother me. Everybody complains about graphics, and then you see the the number one best selling game in the world, pretty much. But I mean, behind Tetris is Minecraft. Thomas was alone. That's the number two best one of the best game games of all ever. time. And isn't that like three pixels? It's like Atari twenty six hundred graphics. Yeah, it's about game? blocks, like little squares. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I, I think 
and this is my problem with the internet in general. <laughs> this is just me. It's me just the internet is cents. a plague. The, the internet is well, cancer. It's, a, but it's the on. fact. I mean, the internet has some great things going on about it. The communities that can form yes. and all of that stuff. It's awesome and great. The, the problem is, is that every idiot gets the the same platform. Um, they get Insomniac yeah. has a has a Twitter, and so does Joe Neckbeard, and no, that's a problem. Like. My name's not Joe. Oh, I'm sorry, Taylor. Taylor Neckbeard. Um, I don't have a Neckbeard either. <laughs> it's the only place I grow hair, and it's the most upsetting place. I got place. a mustache, and it's a beautiful mustache. It's true. It's true. He does have a beautiful mustache. Um, but yeah, it's just everyone has the same voice, and so I think this outrage spawns from that. It's one person saying something awful and vile and misguided in bad faith and having other people do the, just bounce off of it. And then it's a, and then it's a meme, and then it's just the worst. And I just pulled up Insomniac's official response to Puddlegate, um, and it's my favorite thing ever. Uh, they tweeted, it's just a change in the puzzle size. There's no downgrade at all. And that is yep. the best tweet. Well, well, and the thing is, it's like, I get it. And everyone's entitled to their opinion. And I want to say that people aren't allowed Absolutely. to have their voice. Even if they're, that what they're saying isn't, you know, it's demonstrably wrong. It's toxic. It, 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 they have the right to that opinion. Mm-hmm. But when it starts to hinder the gaming industry to the point where people don't want to show their games at this... I mean, CD Projekt Red is working on a game and they didn't show it at the biggest gaming conference of the year. Yeah. Because they were worried about the way that people were going to react if there was changes to it. Absolutely. And that's a problem. I mean, Rockstar wasn't even there to show off any of their games anything they're working on they have red dead redemption coming out next month yeah which we they weren't there to show anything we know nothing about which which is is weird there's been like three trailers right, right. I think. but like we yeah. haven't seen a lot for a game that's coming out in a month right like especially from a studio that makes games that launch and are like held to such a high standard like i'm not a huge grand theft auto fan but grand theft auto is like a staple of gaming and Rockstar right. is responsible for that. And the fact that they have a game coming out in less than a month and are a little over a month and there's very little actual footage of it and the footage that has been shown has been shown behind closed doors is concerning. And it kind of sucks because, you know, it makes, you know, people that are in in the gaming industry, gaming journalism, things like that, mm-hmm. like we are, um, it hinders us because, you know, especially if you're, you know, a smaller channel or a smaller website trying to get started, you don't have the same access you do as these people who have a million subscribers. Right. So trying to get access to those things and get a, a good view of those things without getting bogged down by, you know, everyone else getting access to it first can be rough. Well, even as a, as a consumer, like take, taking a step like away from just like journalism, I don't feel comfortable spending my money on um, Red Dead Redemption 2. Like I haven't seen enough of it to know that it's worth my purchase. So right. as it seems like it's a it's bad for the economy of games as well, to me at least. Um, so I guess conversations like these, like what can we do, even if it's like you know pebble in the water, like what can we do to help fix this problem? As other Joe Neckbeards with their own opinions, um, I think it's what to do is kind of it kind of correlates into like the news as well just in general is just don't give any attention to trolls yeah 
that's what they're looking for. If you have somebody out there screaming, this looks bad, this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. If you just ignore them, if you don't report on it, then it, the, you know, the fire has no room to grow. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, somebody says something dumb, just like, all right, that's cool. And then just, you know, right. I think that could help a lot. Don't contribute to the hype or the, the mob exactly. yourself. Yeah. Right. Which is not I what think, we're doing right now, by the way. We're just talking about something that happened. Anyways. Um, and I mean, I think uh, there's something to be said for holding mm. gaming companies accountable. Mm. Um, but I mean, the scale of a puddle or the hair in The Witcher 3 is not something that we need to hold people accountable to. The accountability comes to things like No Man's Sky. Yeah. Um, which we've talked about before. Yeah, that, that like, was... That, that required accountability because it was a completely different product. A different yeah, puddle on the ground than the other puddle I saw. Advertised as one thing, and you got yeah. yeah something very different. Right. This is not um, the puddles missing. This is the games missing. The game. Yeah. The game is missing. So, Please send game. Um, so yeah, I think that's all I have to say about that. Um, well, no, thanks for bringing that up. Wanna... I think that's worth talking about. Oh, and if you're ahead. listening to this and you're part of Puddlegate, stop. Just stop it. Stop it. I bet you played Spider-Man, and I bet you loved it. I bet. I know you loved it. I bet. You're, you're just sitting in your little home playing Spider-Man right now. Stomping in all the little puddles. Stomping your little feet out. Sorry, I got weird. Yeah. Should we talk about something else? Okay. So, yeah, let's talk about uh, some <laughs> upcoming games in the next month or the end of this month okay. that are coming out that we're excited for. So <laughs> I guess I'll start. Please. Um, what, are you, what are you looking forward to, bud? So um, I'm really excited for Super Mario Party. Um, mm-hmm. It's looking really great. The last few have been pretty bad. Abysmal. Um yeah so yeah super mario party i've already pre-ordered it digitally and they're like why are you pre-ordering it digital they don't run out of copies you dork Mm -hmm. but it's because one i'm super hyped for it i was gonna get a day one anyways and two if you do pre-order the digital i mentioned this earlier in the first half you get double the gold points so you're essentially getting six bucks back which is pretty cool um yeah well it seems like Uh, you guys have any thoughts on Mario Party? from everything we've seen it looks like a return to form like it looked like you're on a board you're playing a little little board game uh, with your with your mini games in the middle, and that's I think what Mario Party does best. I think it's not. A, I don't need Mario Party games to be like breakthroughs every time. I just need them to make fun video games that I can scream at my friends and just hate them forever. Yeah, you know that's that's just one part of the game. You realize that, right? And that's lose. one section. They also have that raft mode, and then they have like that toad tabletop mode where you can like connect the switches together. That's true. Like there's yeah. a whole bunch of different stuff. To and it. I'm excited about that. I will say that for a Mario party game, I'm looking at the Mario party the most, but I, I feel you and appreciate you bring yeah, that. I, the same here. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that's, and you can play as Bowser, which yeah, I mean, it's a problem is great. It's a, it's a pretty sizable roster. And I am, I'm kind of happy with the, the choices they gave. You can look it up online. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have already seen like all the available characters and, I'm liking. I, I, I like it. I don't know. I, I saw this in early trailer, probably around the time of E3. But it looks like they have every character has like their own special dice. Yes, which I think is a really cool mechanic. Too. mechanic. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited for Mario Party. I I'm excited to play with y'all. It's I'm excited really to see the game go back to its roots. I think it's it's interesting. I don't know. Nintendo's just interesting right now because like on one side they're like innovating and making games like Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. that are like changing the form of the classic game they have. And then other parts, like, we just need to get back to basics and, like, make the game people want. I think Mario Party is a great example of that. I loved Mario Party, and I loved winning and then losing at the end because bonus stars. 
always yeah. because of bonus stars. It's like, oh, I have a good, healthy lead of 25 million stars. Oh, you landed on more red spaces than me? Cool. Okay, I guess well, you here's win. Here's a star because you've lost the most mini games. <laughs> Here you get you get all the stars for being the worst of the game. Oh, and, and this bonus star is just screw Zach. Huh, strange. Uh, weird. It seems Ave programmed that right into the game. Uh, yeah. Uh, it can't be relevant for everyone. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for Mario Party. Um, I think the thing that catches me as far as like games that I'm excited for, and I'm kind of surprised I'm excited for, and I'm almost trying to tell myself not to be excited for it, is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <gasps> um, so boys kissing I've, boys and girls kissing girls. Yeah. So I've been That's the theme song for um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. If you were wondering, it's true. is it? I've played. I've played lots of games, um, and I. I'm an old old man, so I remember when Assassin's Creed One came out. Hell yeah! And um, so I was, I. I had it. Really we're, we're all the same age. One, it's true. I was really really hyped for Assassin's Creed One, um, in a billion different ways, and it was not the game that I was told I was getting. Mm. And I would say that I got the game that I was told I was getting when Assassin's Creed Two came out. The problem was is that Assassin's Creed One was so disappointing that I refused to play Two for a really long time. Mm. So I played two and was like, oh, this is this is what I wanted. This is what Assassin's Creed 1 was supposed to be. I really enjoyed it. I think the entire block of SEO games is really good. And then you have Assassin's Creed 3 with a boring Mick, boring Indian guy. No. Never, it just, it's... Look. The voice actor sounded bored. Oh, absolutely. The game. I'm pretty sure you could just hear him dying slowly and and then you had assassin's creed 4 which was a really really good pirate game and that's all it needed to be um i didn't like anything i i literally just spent my time on my ship and anytime i was not in my ship i was miserable um and then i haven't really cared about assassin's creed um i didn't play origins because i didn't care about assassin's creed anymore hmm. but i've tried for some friends have been playing through it and they have said that it's really good and I did get a chance to play Odyssey when I was at E3. Is Odyssey what what time period is that one? In? Uh, ancient Greece. Uh, it is ancient Greece. Greece. Yes. Okay. Because uh, the one before was Egypt. Yeah. Right? So this is uh, Sparta and and uh, Athens. You play as a Spartan, um, and you're getting a little tyre- trireme, uh, and you float around to the different islands and complete quests. And there's like a mythological element of it as well. Um, yeah. So it's good. Think the things that I enjoyed about it is that it kind of seems like. I mean, for those of you who played Assassin's Creed, the whole, like, build-up before Assassin's Creed was released was like, oh, it's going to be, like, a realistic blah, 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 blah. Um, and then there was, like, the quote-unquote twist, which would have been a really interesting twist um, if you didn't know this, if you didn't play the first Assassin's Creed game. The Animus, that's a twist. Um, the Animus was not mentioned in any of the trailers for Assassin's Creed. Um, there was no HUD in any of the trailers. There was no view of anything that kind of gave you the idea that there was any sort of digital aspect. And it would have been a really, really interesting twist had they not done it five minutes into the game. Right. Um, so five minutes into the game, you find out you're in this Animus thing. Um, and then the story of Assassin's Creed just starts getting real weird when you talk about the the pieces of Eden and all this stuff. And the game is very, very, like, fantastical. But they still try to have, like, this air of reality. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they've just tossed that out the window with Odyssey. Like, there are full-on, like magic abilities that your character does yeah. i'm like finally thank you it's like, still i mean i as a, I as don't a history care. major it is you're a history major as well but it's there's still it's like rooted in history but yeah. just with some fun little embellishments 
which yeah and that's fine yeah. like it just makes the game better um i did like i said i got to play about uh 15 20 minutes of it and i enjoyed it um i made the person that was running the demo very nervous oh. i finished well i finished like the like guided demo very very quickly and then he was like feel free to like run around the island and check things out and i was like you mean get on my ship and sail in a direction so i did that um ended up landing on another island that had like an outpost on it and started to take over the outpost oh, no. and everything on his face was like i'm really not supposed to be letting this happen right now, <laughs> but i don't want to say that and then the demo ended and he's like all right time to go uh, like, goodbye bye um the game was really fun uh, the combat changes that they made in origins um the combat feels a lot better mm-hmm. uh, well they improved upon it even further in this game as far as i'm aware yeah and then like, it seems like they're adding more rpg elements and mm-hmm. like having that your choices dictate how quests play out and stuff like that so i'm excited um yeah. i'm still like hesitant but i definitely will be picking up odyssey um one of the sweet perks of my new job at gamestop is i get discount on new games so Ooh. i'm like i was like like pre-ordering mario party and saving six bucks sounds really nice but i can get it for ten dollars off anyways <laughs> so um yeah i'm excited for odyssey i will definitely be picking up as soon as it comes out which is um, when which on the second no the fifth of october uh, october 5th of this year which is the same day out. as super mario party yes huh. interesting struggle that's my gaming budget for october. it's almost like maybe they exist in the same world Tune in next week oh. to my podcast about nope. game theories. <laughs> it's the only one in the internet. Uh, I'll just I'll just add my opinion on Assassin's Creed real quick, and Please. then we'll move on Absolutely. to your anticipated game. Um, let's see. Um, I played the first one. Um, I really enjoyed it when I had it because I knew nothing about it. I just saw the game and I picked it up back when it came out. Um, I really don't like Ezio at all as a character. Um, and it's super unpopular opinion. I know I like Assassin's Creed one more than two. Um, <laughs> I didn't yeah, go ahead two. and just smash two, that dislike button. Two, I've played it for about an hour, and I was like, this game graphically looks like a dumpster fire, so I didn't want to finish it because it looks so bad. Um, I beat Brotherhood, uh, or no, Revelations are one of the two. Who knows? Because I had games. Speaking of games that they just don't know how to name, the Assassin's Creed series is a disaster. Um, no, no, literally, I I stopped. I, I beat one, hardly touched two. I think I beat Re- Brotherhood and Revelations, and then I haven't played one since. Just because, I don't know, the Assassin's Creed formula never really gets to me. But, anyways, that's um, just my take. It does look like Assassin's Creed is coming out on the second. The, the, the Steelbook says it's coming out on the second. So maybe they're doing an early release. Like oh, I see. Game does these days. Um, I do want to make a quick comment yeah. that you made me think of, Craig. This is not related to games. Oh, please. Um, so... I was watching movie trailers today. Okay. Just because that's the thing I do every once in a while. Yeah. I see movies coming out. As, it, as everyone you guys, Just have sit you guys down. Heard of Glass? Go ahead. Sorry. Have you guys heard of Glass? No. What is that? So this is a bold choice. But let me just paint a picture for you. There's a trailer here. Okay. So the trailer starts and it's this girl. And she's just sitting there. This a woman. Um, and she's talking to, assume, a group of people. And she's explaining that what she does is she works with patients who believe they are superheroes or have superpowers. Okay. And it camera changes and it shows Bruce Willis. Um, uh, what's the other actor's name? It shows Bruce Willis. Um, Bruce Billis. No, what's his name? The guy from 
split. Etsy or Alvatore? James McAvoy. Oh, James James McAvoy. It's James McAvoy. I'm split. Yeah. And then, uh, what's his name? X-Men. I know his name. Anyways, this is a great story. (laughs) One more. No, sorry. I'm I'm killing it. Um, Oh, Samuel Jackson. Oh, there we go. What a trio of people. so So it shows those three, and then it says, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. And I'm like, Wait a what? Because <laughs> these are all characters from Shyamalan movies. They're all people who have played characters in Shyamalan movies. Oh. So apparently, Unbreakable, which is an old Bruce Willis film. It's great. It's about a man who's unbreakable. Um, and Mr. Glass is in Unbreakable. He's the opposite guy that basically is, is made of glass. Very breakable. All the time. And then um, James McAvoy played of the main character in Split, which is a more recent Shyamalan film. They're all in the same universe. Interesting. And this movie is gonna focus on Mr. Glass. It looks like it's... So if you if you guys saw Split, um, it's about a, a guy who has multiple personalities, and uh, one of his personalities, or all of his personalities fear this, like, overarching personality that they just call the Beast. Um, and as the... You know, everyone kind of makes, like, the guy's just crazy. Like, it's just another one of his, you know, personalities. But right. when the personality actually, like, takes form, the guy, like, physically changes. It gets stronger and faster. Mm. And, like, there's, like, he, like, grows. Um, so there's a, kind of, like, a sci-fi element to it. So apparently there's a movie with all three of these characters in it. And I don't know, from the premise, it looks like... Mr. Glass is evil and tries to get the beast to do something, and then Bruce Willis thinks he's a hero and has to stop them. But I was like floored because these movies are like I'm pretty sure um, Unbreakable and uh, Split are like at least a decade apart. Right, Unbreakable is not a new movie by any means. Like that's so strange. I remember. Yeah, what a was, choice! So unbreak, so unbreakable came out in two thousand. Here's and, my question. Yeah, I'm just kind of here's, surprised. This is point. there's absolutely no way that M Night Shyamalan or anyone went into this thinking, oh, we're gonna make this like decade long shared universe. This is just a cash grab on the success of Marvel, right? Like, there's that's what it has to be. Well, no, and, and I don't know if because they're not like actually. It, I don't know. I'm, I, no, I'm not saying it's a superhero. It. I'm saying it's like, oh, there's a yeah. big shared universe. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess that's a Marvel cash grab. I don't. I have to see it now. I I, I do too. I, I did not know this I mean, existed, and now I have, I have to. to see Unbreakable. I only saw Split, so I never saw Unbreakable. Oh, it's worth your time. Oh, it it. Unbreakable is a stressful movie for me, and I'll, I'll keep this story story short. Um, when I was a youth, um. Circa probably 2000, no, not 2000. That's younger than that. Um, I can't remember exactly how old I was. But um, I was in a hotel with my mother. Um, and this the movie had just came out, pretty sure, like not too long ago. It was like, the movie was coming out. It was coming to tape soon. Uh, but you could order on pay-per-view. And we were at a hotel. And we ordered this movie. Um. And in, in Unbreakable, there is a scene where... So the premise of Unbreakable, Bruce Willis plays a character who is indestructible. There's this crazy, like, train crash, and he's the only one to survive. Um, 
in in the movie later as it goes his son thinks he's a superhero so he takes his dad's gun and points it at him so he's like at they're at the dinner table and his son is pointing the gun at him and the dad like trying to talk his kid down to make him understand like look like i can die you need to stop what you're doing like do not shoot me and the power in our hotel room went off oh did not come back on and i did not see unbreakable again until i was like in high school so you just that loomed over you for and it just decades loomed decades for decades and like i would try like there were times where i'd like oh we're gonna watch unbreakable but something would always happen that would prevent me from getting back to that point in the movie spooky so when i finally like saw it i was like finally and i was like oh that's okay like it's not a great <laughs> like the movie. biggest letdown it's like it's a good movie it's a solid movie but it's not like amazing oh it's a solid like, b yeah um yeah so cool like the whole movie i'm just i don't know they're 17 years apart unbreakable and split right so i'm like what you- all right cool do your thing i guess it'll be it'll be interesting to I see mean, again we have to see happened. this oh absolutely oh my gosh um the only thing i thank you for sharing that's amazing and so bizarre um the only thing that's on my radar right now is Life is Strange 2, uh, which comes out September 22nd, uh, which I'm very excited about. Uh, we talked about it previously, but basically uh, it's the second installment or the next installment in the Life is Strange universe. Um, it's about a, two brothers who face absolutely zero trauma whatsoever um, in their journey from their hometown of Seattle down to the border. Um, and I'm really excited about it for a lot of reasons, but mostly because I'm going to be playing with my good friend, Zach. That's true. Um, is it episodic again? It is. So the first episode okay. is coming out September 22nd. Um, I'm a little concerned that it's not going to have a lot of content outside of what we already know about it. Um, I'm worried it's just going to be like the gameplay that we've already seen, but just for purchase, I guess. Yeah. I have a hard time thinking that Don't Nod would do that to its consumers. But at this point, it's 2018, and I just am so sad in every other aspect of life that I have to just expect the worst. Okay. Well, I mean, hopefully it's not. We will be playing it, and uh, I don't imagine there's any reason why we wouldn't be recording it. Yeah, so hopefully it will be on the website. We'll have a nice little series of us playing uh, Life is Strange 2. Yeah, I will be making all the right decisions, and Zachary will be making all the wrong decisions, as is. That's true. And I won't be making any, because I won't be involved with that. That's, That's true. fair. I will be doing my best to derail everything. You'll be doing um, your best to kill all the main characters, just like you did in Until Dawn, when you killed Hayden Panettiere, and... Look, there are a few things in this world that are off-topic. <laughs> we don't talk about me killing Hayden Panettiere. <laughs> the game! <clears throat> in that game, I made everybody live, pretty much, until the end, and, like, four people died at the very no, last Aren't season. you no, cool? No. no, the podcast is over. We can discuss this later. Um, no, <laughs> any I'm other titles? Not. Any other titles we'd like? To, we'd like to we see. We will talk about this. We will talk about no. this. Um, our Until Dawn podcast is coming out next Wednesday. Uh, make sure you keep your ears out about it. There are not this many podcasts. <laughs> this is it. I want, this is the only okay, podcast. Let, let me let me go with it. I want Diablo three on the Switch, but I don't anymore because it's sixty dollars. Because Blizzard is stupid. It should be forty. It's forty on Xbox and on PS. Wait, they're charging sorry. sixty dollars for Diablo and Switch. They are for the, for the Eternal Collection, and it's thirty nine ninety nine on Xbox One and on PS. Here's the problem upsetting. with Diablo on console. It is. So it's, I'm gonna wait till it goes on sale because I'm not gonna pay sixty for it. Here's the thing with Diablo on console, it's terrible, and you shouldn't play it. But I want to play everything hey, on my Switch. You don't understand. Is, okay, so 
Also, if, if you play Diablo yeah. on, the, on the PC, you know that there is no dodge roll button. Because why is it? Why would there be a dodge roll button? Because that's an ability that only you know, like the assassin has, or the uh, demon hunter. Sorry. No, no, no. Oh. But on consoles, you get a, you just get a free roll. No matter what class you're, it's free roll out of the. What? So it's not garbage. No. You're just salty about it. No, that that it. They added a mechanic to make the game that is already fundamentally so easy, even easier. It's garbage. That's what I need. That's all, right. <laughs> all I need. All right. All right. Um, so let's talk about the website a little bit. Um, I, I plugged it a little bit earlier, but zeitgeeks.com, Z-E-I-T hyphen geeks.com, where you can find some articles written by these lovely folks here. Um, what is up there now of yours or what's coming up, what's coming up on the channel um, that you'd like to plug? Uh, we just put up an article on Raft yesterday, two days ago, I think, um, which is written by me. I don't write articles very often um, because I'm so busy trying to edit everything yeah. and make sure the website isn't crashing and burning. Um, but yeah, I put up an article from Raft, and um, I said it in the article, but again, special shout out to Redbeat Interactive for giving us a code to review. Um, as we are a smaller group of individuals, it is awesome to have any game developer support us that way, so... Uh, not that I think you guys will ever listen to this, but thank you for that. I'm sure they're listening. Very awesome of you guys. Yeah, Hi, Redbeat. What's up, Redbeat? Sorry I didn't give your game a very good grade. It has promise. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Please send us more reviews in the future. Please. Please. Um, uh, other than that, I will be working on a review for Spider-Man. Um, and if I buy a little Dragon's Cafe, we'll see. Nice. We'll see. Taylor, what about you? Yeah. Um, I have my Okami HD review mm-hmm. um, that was posted on the 6th. It was the Switch port. Um, so if you want to check that out, that's great. I also did a review on the Messenger, also for Switch. It's ready to be posted. You'll probably see it tonight, or if not tonight, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great game. You should pick that up. And I'm kind of half debating on whether or not I should do a, a review on uh, Furry Frenzy. Uh, that's Dust. Yeah, no, I think we all knew what you were referring to. Um, I will say about your Messenger review, um, I read it, and it was great. Um, and per your recommendation, I listened to the the, the soundtrack of, of that game, The Messenger. It's lovely. It's great. It's great. I really enjoyed oh. it. I listened to it at work. It was great. What's up, Zach? It was really good. Um, we also do have an article coming. It's been sitting in the pipeline for a while. Um but we have a article about game, video game soundtracks written by Luke. Yay. He's not here uh, right now. Um, the article yeah, he's be not here up. today. We didn't mention that. He went, he wasn't able to make it. Yeah. Uh, there's usually another guy here. His name's Luke. He's great. Um, but uh, yeah, he, we got that article coming up. And it's a nice little uh, I think There's five games. And he talks about soundtracks from five games that are very different games, but have really great soundtracks. And uh, we have all the audio files plugged right into the webpage, so you can check them out right there while you read the article. It's a great article. Um, I, myself, this weekend, am writing an article about Hellblade, as well as some of the gaming's best companions. Um, so that's not up there yet, but hopefully we'll be up there soon. Uh, but yeah, that's, that is ZG Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, as before, feel free to go ahead and support us on uh, our website, zeitgeeks.com, Z-E-I-T hyphen geeks.com. Uh, us over on YouTube, which is the same, Zygeeks, um, or Twitter, which is Zygeeks without the hyphen. Uh, we also have a Patreon, so if you want to throw us a few bucks, that would be so great. Uh, you'd help us, you know, buy games that we could review, because uh, it turns out video games cost money, and 
we all have full-time jobs that don't pay a lot, uh, but we'd love to keep doing this. So any support that you could offer is much appreciated. Um, thank you so much for listening and making it this far, Mom. I mean, everyone else. Um, and I hope, Share it. And I hope you have. Oh, yeah. And go ahead and share it. Hit that share button and whatever that means. Um, yeah. And enjoy the rest of your evening. Take care of your body. Drink some water. Uh, maybe go for a walk. And uh, goodbye, everyone. Later, guys. See you.